Is that what I'm saying? Rough Trade Radio. 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 Hello and welcome to this episode of Rough Trade Radio. I'm Emily Waller and I'm joined here today by Ollie Jacob of Memphis Industries. Hi Ollie. Hello. How are you doing? I'm good, thanks. How are you doing? Very good. Very good. Awesome. Okay, so I've invited you here today because Memphis Industries is going to be Rough Trade's label focus for this month. What an honour. Congratulations. Cheers. Really exciting. Um, It's also quite good timing because I think two of your signings are doing some installs with us in the next couple of months. I think we've got Field Music and also the Go team at Bristol, Nottingham and here in Rough Trade Yep, they're doing the full hat-trick, both of them. They are. It's a double hat-trick. Which is which is great. So if you're listening and you haven't got tickets yet, go to roughtrade.com and snap them up. Um, I'm going to kind of start off for anyone who may not know anything about you, uh, just kind of doing a bit of a background rundown of your history. Yeah, um, my ID please, check. An ID check, exactly. <laughs> but please do shout if anything's wrong. Okay. Um, so you founded the label in 1998. Yes. Is that right with your, right. With your brother yes. Matt? It is. It, it makes you, yeah, it gives me so kind 20, of a little bit, little, little 20 bit of a kind years. of, yes, <laughs> tremor. We should probably do something about that 20 years, shouldn't I was going to ask actually later on, but I'll bring it up now. <laughs> um, do you have any plans to, to celebrate that? Because I know when it was your 10th. By, by being the rough trade label focus of, yeah. for January and February, that'll be, that's it. That's it? Yeah. Oh, so we've got the great honour of that's being it. the celebration. No, I, well, we haven't thought about anything beyond that. So no. I'm sure, like, later in the year, give yeah. us some time. I'm yeah. sure we'll come up with something. Exactly. Um, but I did notice for, was it for your 10th anniversary, you kind of glazed over it and did something at 13 years? That's so, right, yes. So maybe wait for 23 years? Yeah, that was, um, yeah, it was, because uh, 10 we totally missed. I can't remember why. Just couldn't, couldn't get, didn't get around <laughs> to it. So yeah, 13. So yeah, 23, that makes sense. Yeah. You're right. Okay. Good, good plan. Thanks. So we'll invite you back here in. <laughs> Brilliant. Do another label focus. <laughs> um, and the first record that you released back in, was it October 98, was... You know more than me. Blue Stakes. It was. Forever EP. That's right. Yes. How, how was... How was... Talk me through a bit about preparing to release your first record. Oh, God. And uh, how that was. It, well, we... Because I, I've been a... Come from, like, um, promoting um, club nights and gigs and down in Brighton. I knew nothing about releasing a record. They literally didn't know how to do it yeah. or how to get it in shops or how you got like the music that was on a computer onto a slab of vinyl yeah didn't know how that worked so kind of just started from scratch and made lots and lots of stuff I mean the first thing we did was like figure out okay let's make some vinyl so we made up the first EP and then sure. we okay that's all sitting there what the hell do we do now with it <laughs> um so yeah so it started Slowly walking walking around all the London record shops for a start with it, and then right. figured out there were these things called distributors, and so I was going to go start talking to them, mm. and figured out that oh you need to set release dates and get some press. So we sort of slowly figured it out um, and stuck it out. Then it did really badly. We had loads of them sitting around in my bedroom for you know years, <laughs> years. Uh, so it was obviously a really good idea to do another EP yeah. and then another and sign more people because it was going really well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was it, actually weirdly, Blue States, the first thing you signed, did actually do quite well. Yeah. I think that first EP did eventually sell out and then it was the second thing that he did that kind of started to actually, did start getting really good press and people were buying that EP. And, and was that was that quite, 
I was going to say, was that quite surprising? Did you expect that level of success quite so early on? Um, well, the whole reason for starting the label was was for, for, for me to release my own music, and now it was the, it was like oh, because uh, yeah, Blue Stage is essentially this guy Andy. It's like oh, Andy, stop doing good music <laughs> that people like. You're ruining it for me. <laughs> stop taking my stage. Yeah, so um, so it was quite surprising, and we didn't like I said we didn't have any background in being a label, you know, in in, in sort of record companies or anything. So we, I guess it was surprising isn't the right thing we kind of almost started taking it for granted a little bit like oh, really? okay this is easy okay okay so we could just sign someone else and put that out and, and had and had people kind of said to you when when you were thinking or announcing that you were going to start a label had people warned you about it, or said this is a terrible idea well don't do every it. single record shop in london said oh, really what are you doing why would you start a new record label it's a very very bad idea um and they, and they were right and they were right <laughs> <laughs> um so there were a lot of challenges, but maybe a bit further down the line. Yeah, I mean, I think that's when you first start doing it. And I mean, I guess you, you go, it could go one of two ways. Either you've, you're really committed to it and no one cares, but you just you have that drive. Or, I mean, we just got sort of swept along with that doing it doing quite well. And so yeah. we kind of went, OK, well, that's how it all works. Okay. Figured that every single artist we signed, we would just, we'd just take it that would have that would have that kind of. Um, path. And it, obviously, we're very, very stupid and foolish. <laughs> but we were young. We didn't know any better. And it's a good it's a good learning curve to get success, but then also, I suppose, some challenges and some hurdles and just yeah, to kind of yeah, learn as you go. Absolutely. But yeah, so it was, um, yeah, we, we, I mean, we started with this kind of, uh, the idea was always, the idea was initially just we wanted to put out some EPs. And if we, we when we got to the kind of, we got to 10 EPs getting out there. So it was these 10 real tangible things that had all been sort of been written about in the right places and they were in the right shops and some of them sold and some of them didn't sell quite so well. We'd had quite quite a nice, um, you know, they're all kind of bagged up in the same way, they presented in the same um, uh, sleeve and then just had different labels and it just kind of felt like there was a very cohesive plan through till that kind of yeah. end of that first 10 things. And then Andy Blue States did his first album and that was kind of when it really changed for us that was kind of like you know we weren't you know we weren't doing sort of a run of 500 mm. uh, 12 inches we were you know well initially a run of 500 cds but that sort of turned into a thousand into two thousand <laughs> five thousand and then it was like oh this is a bit strange and yeah. that was like that was when we sort of became a it's sort of being a hobby or something okay. that was kind of interesting to do yeah and became something that's like oh this is going to take up some time yeah this is my job yeah <laughs> how did that happen <laughs> my career <laughs> That's really exciting. And um, I was going to ask you also, maybe now that it's 20 years down the line, whether you think or how you would say maybe setting up a label in 2018 is very different to, to 20 years ago, particularly with, you know, the likes of Spotify and Apple Music in existence, whether that poses any challenges that are greater than 20 years ago, whether it's maybe a bit easier, whether it's simply just different. Um, It's... I think that in some ways that it is easier because, you know, if you if you don't if you're not getting to the world of physical, your costs are minimal. Mm. Um, so you can build up a, a catalog or an identity without investing a huge amount in kind of just stock that you know is going to sit there in your yeah. bedroom for for, for, for years. Um, but then, having said that, the returns mm. on that are kind of, you know, for, for a small for if yeah. you've got you know that you've like so let's say those that first ten EPs where you've got four songs in each EP, you've got forty tracks up there. You get your Spotify statement through at the end, at the end of two years of doing those <laughs> ten, and you just you'd be head in hands. Yeah. You're just like, why? Yeah. Why am I doing this? Minimal. 
Um, so, uh, it, yeah, I, I, I don't. I mean, we're we're, we're helping um, somebody who works at Memphis kind of through their kind of first label um, experiences. Oh wow! Okay. And it's great, and it's kind of really exciting when you see those things happen. Where you, you know you get your first big Spotify playlist, yeah. and it's and that's kind of like you can see that's a really great thing, and it's yeah. out there, and people are hearing it in a way that would never have happened for us in back in 98 you know we were just worried about london and maybe brighton and yeah. then a bit up in manchester you know yeah. if we could get some some shops there then that would be massive for us um whereas now it's kind of what's happening in the states what's happening yeah in brazil so much more well um, just so much more accessible yeah but then well it's less tangible though so i don't know it's, it's so it's inter- yeah i i would say the same thing to someone starting a label that everyone said to me back then which is don't do it <laughs> foolish thing to do <laughs> but but you obviously you do not regret doing it uh every day well every day a bit of, <laughs> there's a little bit of regret no 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 i don't it's been it has been a tremendous amount of fun otherwise you yeah for the most part there's always there's always downsides to everything yeah. in there but for the most part it's it remains kind of because it's because everything's changed from at sort of almost almost every stage through 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 with the time we've been doing it um so dramatically and almost sort of every 12 months you have to reinvent how you do it Mm -hmm. so that's what you know keeps it really interesting from from our kind of role in it which is not actually making the music um it's kind of facilitating it and and making it work for the artist the fact that we we're always on our toes and always having to kind of go oh that, that thing that definitely worked six months ago we should not do anymore that's definitely not the way you do it so that's kind of kept it really interesting and really sort of vibrant and, you know, keeps you mentally active. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, a small tangent, but so on top of obviously running a label, have you ventured slightly into management too? Uh, yeah, so yeah. Because we had This Is The Kits album. That's I think right, yes. Album of the Month at some point we last did, year. July last year? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. It was, yeah, it was summer. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's the nature of running a small independent and signing you know, artists who don't have representation and I guess the first kind of time it should have probably reared its head with Blue States because that went really well and ended up licensing that, the second album to Excel mm-hmm. and kind of sort of should have just kind of wrote back, put, put ourselves in the management role and worked in that way, but, but we didn't for whatever reason. But the, when the Go team came around in 2004, um, that kind of went way beyond you know just was, was absolutely nuts and um they they ian essentially who at the time um didn't have any management and we had to kind of step it you know that we were doing it anyway and so it's a question of whether we just when someone else comes in we probably take a very much a backseat role with that yeah. it, with that with that artist or whether we just went it's time to just dive in so we dove we dove in and <laughs> It went, yeah, it was hilarious. Just absolutely <laughs> hilarious for about two years, just sort of maddest things happening. So it was, um, yeah. And then we managed Field Music. And it's always been stuff that's within the label. Okay. Um, but with This Is The Kit, um, a good friend of ours came to us and said, look, I'm essentially managing This Is The Kit, but mm. I need some help. And so we took that sort of first, we dipped our toes outside of the Memphis pool and kind of added uh, Kate into our, little roster of artists um yeah i mean i think it's it's management's it's it 
it's not that dissimilar to running a small independent label because you, you know like i said when you're running it when you're working with those kind of size artists you're doing everything anyway mm. you're kind mm -hmm. of worrying about what the tour looks like and you know what the um yeah, well, well have we got the travel lodges booked? That's always <laughs> the key question. Are the travel lodges booked? If they're not, then yeah, that's we need to sort it out. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, it's uh, and, we, and yeah, these, so that's kind of happened, and then publishing sort of reared its head, and that's kind of so we've got a we've got things. we've, we've got the full the deck. Book. Yeah, awesome. but the label's always the main thing. Yeah, of course, always. What would you say is kind of the the unique point about Memphis Industries? Maybe that either. You know, brings it outside of what. what it's a good question. Though, an indie label. What's different yeah, about why, you? Yeah, I think we are because we came. I, mean, I say we. It's uh, it's myself and my brother Matt who sure. have the label. We neither of us came from had had that sort of label background. Never worked at another label. Um, we have had. We felt like we were making it up all along, and also felt like we're very outside of the industry. Mm -hmm. Um, even the sort of indie community, we feel kind of a bit outside that. Yeah. Um, and uh, not deliberately, but just kind of just kept sort of ploughed our own furrow. So I think it's when we find that those artists that uh, have got that similar mentality and the Go Team and Field Music are really good examples of that mm -hmm. where, you know, uh, it's for, for differing reasons. They are in their groove and they don't want anyone else to be sort of getting in you know getting in the way they just want someone to kind of facilitate it and move it along um you know we haven't been great ones for you know since i guess right at the start for kind of um making it about ourselves as a label it's always been what do the artists want to do and that's yeah. what's driven us you know we so it's i think that's kind of you know part of it i think we'll part partly myself and matt's Different and complementing personalities are kind of quite interesting. I know mean, we were all both described as um, someone described us as recalcitrant once, which I'm not even sure what that means. But oh, I'm, blimey, it sounds I terrible. Have no idea. It does. But I reckon, I reckon, maybe does it mean stubborn and kind of not necessarily? <laughs> I don't know. Aligned? Anyway, cut that bit out. <laughs> I'm not. We're not recalcitrant. We're lovely. <laughs> Whatever recalcitrant means. Do you have very different tastes in music? Um, really not. I mean, we're both. Um, grew up uh, sort of with a little four-track Tascam uh, cassette recorder sort of thing and played the guitar and, you know, had a little shit drum machine and sort of did music, not quite together, sort of took turns in using the stuff in the house. And okay. then, um, yeah, but both kind of... We, we, we've got an older brother who we just raided his record collection. So we were kind of listening to his records yeah. and that's what we kind of grew up on. So I think we've got pretty similar tastes um yeah. it's uh yeah it's kind of you know we so when we're kind of sitting in the office and listening to things uh it, it tends to be pretty unanimous when something kind of strikes a chord it's generally both of us at the same time yeah um, and is it very much sort of talent and things over you know what because there is maybe no one thing that fits the memphis industry's kind of model it's just whatever it's it mm, it's whatever stands out to you whatever you think yeah i mean it's it, it ultimately is just i mean another thing to throw into it yeah because it, running an indie label i think you have to have a certain amount of um certain amount of vanity about your uh about what your taste being obviously brilliant right yeah. um so it is just kind of initially just that first listen and if it stays on and then it's kind of go back around have a listen again and then you might go 
probably need to look and see if they're, you know, our age and or older. <laughs> it wouldn't really matter to us though. That I mean, it's. Yeah. I think we don't really worry about what people look like, or you know, it is that first point is the, is the, is the sound, and then we figure out where they come from and what yeah. the story is. Exactly. I mean, I think you know, probably as we get a bit more, you know, as we've gone more into it, you do start thinking, well, is there a story here and. How do we explain this? But I don't think that's ever put us off. And you know, if there isn't a story, if the music's great, that's the story. So you have to kind of work with that. What we do like is artists who have got that uh, aesthetic. They 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 what they have the aesthetic in their mind. You know that they're not kind of coming to us going, well, I've got three good songs, but can you sort out the rest for me, please? It's kind of prefer it the other way, where you know they're you know they're sitting there producing. They've got a kind of aesthetic from, from, I guess, from the name through the photos, through the through the album art, and they they bring in that themselves. Because if you know, if you're missing a, you know, we can help with a bit of that, but you know, for the artists that we're working with and for the size of the label we are, and also for the kind of, I hate the word authentic for the, but for the authenticity of that artist, you want it coming from them, not from us going, you know, have you checked out? this art let's do something like that yeah it's kind of it's got to come from the artist yeah i reckon <laughs> i think i think that's fair well, um, not necessarily <laughs> sometimes sometimes definitely not actually oh really <laughs> no i'm not going to talk about that okay all, no okay. come on we'll move swiftly on yeah. although this is maybe a bit of a difficult question but and maybe a bit of an unfair question who's, who's your least favorite artist that you ever well, signed no <laughs> no i won't ask you that i was gonna say which signing are you most proud of but i appreciate that is like all saying, of them. They're all my children. Exactly. All it's my like children saying, are who's wonderful. Your child? <laughs> uh, my youngest. No, no, that's not true. <laughs> um, in different ones, there's the ones that have been the most. You know, there's the ones that have been most successful. Mm-hmm. Where, you know, which are kind of you know that's uh, one thing. But I think it's. I mean, it's the it's the it's when we've worked with people for a long time across the course of you know three four records and they've stuck with us and they've. They've stuck with us. We've stuck with them. And we've kind of worked for, you know, over a period of time, we've developed the relationship together uh, and it's kind of, and it's kept going and we've not fallen out and we're all working together. And that's kind of, to have those, um, you know, field music where we're doing their, oh God, is it their sixth album? It is. Plus all their sort of various side projects and things they've brought to the table with us. Um, the Go teams, which we signed in in two thousand and two, so to be working with him on his fifth album, um, having been through various kind of iterations of what the Go team is and where mm. they are and what Ian wants it to be, um, is kind of great. And like Police, for them, kind of when they kind of came in and we're, I guess they're they're off doing a record with Stargaze, uh, which they come, but they're kind of we've got some stuff lined up with them for later in the year. And so that's kind of six six years on from when we kind of when we first started talking to them, and so just having those long kind of relationships. Blue States yep. released a record with with Andy. Was it last year? No, the year before last. And he still kind of works on kind of doing production stuff with us. And that's and that's twenty, 20 years. years. 20 oh God, years. yeah. So that's the kind of thing that kind <laughs> of makes you feel proud and feel like you're doing something right because it's very easy for things to go wrong in those yep. in that relationship. Um, God, I haven't even mentioned Dutch Uncles with four <laughs> albums in with them. And, you know, wow. so it's kind of, yeah, I think that's, going back to what defines us as well in Memphis, I guess 
they're like actually generally quite loyal to our artists. Mm. So for good or for real, we'll kind of stick with them and kind of keep it going. I think, you know, as we kind of progress and we get, you know, we've been here for 20 years, we can, we've got more of an ability to do that rather than less, you know, that we go, you know what, we believe in what you, we believed in what you did, you know, when we first signed you five years ago, we yeah. still believe in what you do. Yeah. Um, so I think that's kind of, that's what makes me proud about working yeah. in Memphis. I've realised I've actually got through half of this interview with you and not even mentioned half the artists that are on your label. I should have done that at the beginning when I was doing a rundown <laughs> for people that don't know, but you've got you've got quite a large roster. And, and yeah. like you said, you've got very long-lasting relationships, which is really exciting. But I was going to say, what what's coming for 2018? Is there anything is there anything new that we may not have heard before or is there continuing projects from existing artists? So we... Anything you can tell us? <laughs> what have we got? So obviously we've mentioned we've got the Go Team's fifth album, Semicircle, which is out January. And then we've got a new signing, which we're doing with the um, very wonderful father-daughter records um, uh, called Nadine. Um, so that's coming out at the end of January. Um, so that's kind of, yeah, very kind of, you know, it's right at the early stages. But that's always kind of nice when you're getting yeah. those first kind of bits and pieces happening. From yeah, an and to have like a fifth album from someone. Yeah. And then also like... And then the sixth it, album. You know, your uh, different so, yeah. stages of the journey. Yeah, but. so we're kind of, that's right at the start where, yeah, and then we've got field music. So we've got, we've got like horrendously busy start to 2018 with uh, field music out in February. We have a little pause for about three weeks. Um, <laughs> and then we've got... Got music coming from Barbarossa. We've got Slug. Um, there's possibly some more police and music towards the end of the year. Uh, might be, there's a signing that we haven't quite finished, which is would be for, uh, for a May release. So how many have we got? That's eight records? Is that eight records so far? I don't know. I'm not counting. <laughs> uh, Menace Beach have just, like, they're going to be coming back. So that's that'll be their third album. Um, God, when am, I, when am I going on holiday? That's the question. That's what I'm really worried about. Next Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Great. So, should we play some music? Oh, why not? Let's play some music. Yeah. All this talk about music, we should yeah. play some. Um, so, I asked you to select, I think, four tracks uh, that def- that you feel have defined Memphis Industries thus far. Um, I know, again, that's another difficult question and, you know, choosing children and whatnot. But... Um, do you yeah. want to kick off? Actually, so it's only these four tracks that are any good. The rest of the catalog oh, okay. is terrible. Oh, terrible. Okay. <laughs> only listen to these yeah, four. Anyone that's listening. Yeah. <laughs> We're only kidding. Um, so the first one is obviously, I think you picked Blue Blue States. Blue States, who were our first signing. Um, and yeah, I think um, it was kind of, you know, he, he we, we sort of worked with Andy for, like, like, like we said, for 20 years. I think it was... You know, he sent us a demo. There were loads of great bits and pieces on it. Um, but it was when he sent this track through. And we'd already done the first EP. Um, and he sent this track, uh, Your Girl, through. And it was just like, hold on. This is really good. You're, this is not kind of what you were doing before. This is a sudden massive step up. And and I guess kind of that, that was, and that was part of his first album as well. And it sort of proved it. That track kind of just, just, yeah it's stuck around and it's yeah it's always one for me that I always think was kind of the moment where it felt like hold on we're doing something proper here or rather you're doing something proper so I'd better get serious about this um so yeah kind of the one that maybe turned us from you know just a hobby label to something maybe a little bit more um it's all down to Andy god bless him and this track okay and let's 
Let's listen to it now. This is Blue States and Your Girl.
that was Blue States and your girl. Um, the next one, we've got the Go Team and Lady Flash. And Lady Flash, yeah. Uh, similar sort of thing, but for, for us with, with the Go Team, where we had got the demo came through and it you know landed on our doorstep, uh, as they did in those days, which was <laughs> exciting. Um, put it on and it was this this Lady Flash was the first track on the demo and it was just hold on is this this is this is amazing why why have they sent it to us and it was a time for again where maybe we were kind of going questioning whether we should be it was it was starting to get hard put it that way and we were like huh maybe we should find proper jobs now <laughs> um and so but talked to Ian um he yeah foolishly we said yep I'll, I'll you can you can release this and so we started working with him and this came out on a compilation we did in 2003. It was the first track on there. It was our first compilation, actually, to kind of say, this is where we've got to. Um, and it, people started really liking it, and it kind of set the scene for their debut album, um, Sunlight Strike, and everything that happened after that, kind of the, yeah, that was quite insane, the kind of gold records, the Mercury Prize nominations, the being on late, all things that we never thought would happen. Wow. Radio 1 playlist, the being on top of the pops. All those things, and like just things that we thought were nothing to do with us, yeah. um, kind of stemmed from this track. Brilliant. So, the Go Team and Lady Flash.
that was the Go Team and Lady Flash. Next, we've got Polisa and Lay Your Cards Out. Lay Your Cards Out, which uh, from their debut album, Give You the Ghost, which um, we, we were, was it 2011, we were sitting in the office just before Christmas and we got an email through to their manager saying, hey, do you fancy putting this out? And we stuck it on um, and... I think it was like December the 23rd and we were literally about to leave and we, but it was the last thing we were listening to that year and we went, that's really good that's really really good <laughs> oh, that's... Um, and I think it was Lay Your Cards Out that kind of really just totally sold us it was like oh my god there's this there's, these, there, there's this sort of um, drum break in it which is just, just phenomenal just kind of completely alters the sense of what that track is and just absolute yeah absolutely kind of miraculous music um so yeah it was kind of did a deal really quickly with them and it was such a joy and a pleasure for like this really simple straightforward deal and this absolutely lovely bunch of people from minneapolis to see this kind of blowing up and working across europe um in a way that was just really exciting so when they were first coming in to do their first you know shows in germany it was like they were playing to 500 people and seeing that it, again was like just just really something special and this is a really special song cool so lay your cards out by Policia. Give me some more, give you 
so that was Lay Your Cards Out by Felisa. And finally, we're going to round off with field music and count it up. Count it up, indeed. Yeah, which is, I guess, brings us bang up to date, <laughs> which is from their album, which is coming out on the 2nd of February, open here. Um, it's, uh, I mean, field music has been a real pleasure working with Peter and Dave Bruce for since, what, it was 2005? Um, and every album's just been stronger and stronger and stronger. And they've just forged their own identity in their own way without compromising with us, with anyone else. They've really, really done it themselves. Um, and, yeah, and each record has got bigger, that bit bigger from the last one. You know, there's been all the side projects and all the things that kind of could have been distractions, but they're all focused back in on field music. Um, so, yeah, I think it felt appropriate. We were going to pick, I was kind of like thinking, well, maybe we should do that track uh, we should do maybe in context from tones of town or let's write a book from measure because they were all important moments where field music developed into something but this feels like they developed into something new and they're doing it right now they're doing it kind of six yeah. albums into their career so i think it just feels like you know another stepping stone for field music another kind of stepping stone even milestone for field yeah. music. they kind of because uh, can it up is just you know that rare thing a really enjoyable political song who can do that who does that now no one can do that now um but they've done it and it's it's just just magnificent and they just continue to get better and i know that their seventh album eighth album ninth album is going to be even better than this one god bless them i love them <laughs> let's listen to count it up
And that was counted up by Field Music. Thank you so much for going through those tracks. Um, I'm just going to finish off by asking you, if you'd never started a record label, or if you weren't running a record label today, what would you be doing? That is a very good question. I, I, well, I started, I did an English degree, which means I definitely wouldn't be a writer. Um, that's, that's not really fit for anything, is it? <laughs> uh, no, I did one. Did you? There yeah. you go. There we go. You can work at Rough Trade if you want. I could have been doing your job. I could have been doing your job. That would have... Um, yeah, would I have been, would I have gone to, no, I, don't, I have no, I, I don't know what else I, because the whole thing, the whole reason for starting a label was to avoid doing any proper work. Okay. Um, sadly, it turned out that it was actually I was working on a label, yeah. the whole, like, yeah, the whole idea was to avoid. Do you think that's work. why everybody starts working in the music industry? Because they think yeah, it's fun and they work. Totally. Uh, it always turns out that's not <laughs> the case. It's infuriating. But people on the outside always think that you're still just yeah. living the life. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, yeah, it's just we're living the life as well as doing some work. Yeah. Which is even harder um yeah what i don't know i don't know what could i have done apart from i mean i'm not fit for purpose for anything else now okay so i'm a bit i can't a bit screwed so you just be sitting at home with the records in your bedroom yeah well yeah i mean if i hadn't if we just sat with those first 500 and hadn't managed to find some distribution i'd have just spent the next 20 years trying to get rid of them (laughs) okay cool um great so Thank you so much for coming in today. Congratulations once again on being Rough Trade's label focus. Cheers. And on your 20th anniversary. Um, we can't wait to be invited to the huge party you're going to have. <laughs> Maybe in three years' time. In three years. That's 23rd. Um, yeah. <laughs> 23 years. And so we've got Field Music and the Go team in stores over this month and in February. So go check out roughtrade.com for tickets. And that's it. Lovely. Thank Cheers. You. Thanks for having me. See you next time. Cheers. Bye. Rough Trade Radio. Reviews and subscriptions help to support what we do. So if you like what you hear, then please rate us on iTunes.